0: open up your bible and huh and then just go all in on whatever you find Israel is a lush vine it yields fruit for itself the more his fruit increased the more he increased the altars man come on the better his land produced the better they made the sacred pillars and that's good stuff It's good stuff. I'm not saying page flipping is that, we call it page flipping at my house. I'm not saying that page flipping is a good doctrine, okay? That's not something that I'm teaching, that you need to go home and just say, Holy Spirit, direct my fingers to where that you would have it to go. And open it up and just like stick your finger in there. But, 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 what I am saying is that anything, say anything. Anything that causes you to open up this word of God and trust into it is a good thing. It's a good thing, because I'm telling you that there's truth on every page, that there's grace on every page, that this is the Word of God, and that everything you need for your life is contained in here, and that I will stand on, somebody say, amen. Amen. However, like my wife pointed out last night when we were talking about this, probably it's better if you know where to look for what you need. So the more that you learn about the Bible, the better off you're going to be, because see, she used to be the master of page flipping, right? So that used to be her whole deal. And she'd always come up with the most incredible things out of it. And then I would like open it up and stick my finger in there and come up with something about Abimelech or Methuselah chef or something about some dude crawling through a sewer. I don't know, man. This is be like, what, what is this talking about? So I began to cheat at page flipping. I'm just being honest. I, I, I cheat at it. You know how I cheat? I always aim for the back. <laughs> Let me tell you why I aim for the back. <laughs> Because if you aim for the middle, you may get the Psalms. And if you hit Psalms, then you're probably good, right? So if you hit the Psalms, you're gonna be like, I knew it! I knew it! I knew it as so I even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, you know? And you, you hit the Psalms and you're good. You're like, where does my help come from? My help comes from the God from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You know, what I mean you, you hit the Psalms, you're probably good. But what if you hit Second Chronicles, right? So you hit Second Chronicles, and you're like, uh, so-and-so was a terrible king. And it's like, what? <laughs> you know? and, and, and like I said, you're, you're you know, all these words that you can't pronounce and all these kind of things. And not that those things aren't incredible, because they are. But I just aim for the back. I aim for the back. And when I say the back, I mean like the last quarter. You know what I'm saying? The last 25% of the book. And the reason I aim for that is because when I really need something from the Word of God, I'm looking for one name above every other name. Whatever situation I find myself in, I'm looking for one name above every other name. Whatever obstacle that I find that I'm going to have to go up against, I'm looking for one name above every other name. And I know that if I aim for the last 25% of the book, that there's a good chance that I'm not going to hit Abimelech, that I'm not going to hit Jehoshaphat, that I'm going to hit that name above every name, the name of the Lamb of God and the Lion of Judah, that I'm going to hit that name of Jesus. Somebody give him praise at the way church this morning the name of jesus the name of jesus cuz that's what i'm looking for in this book that's what i'm looking for and some people might not understand but all the rest of this it points to that same name you can see him on every page in this book every one of the 66 books of the bible is about jesus christ and and this year as you start on your yearly reading plan as many of us have started to do, we started to do it at my house. We're going to read the Bible again this year, all the way through. I encourage you to read it with a little bit different slant this year. I want you to read the Bible, and I want you to look for Christ on every page. I want you to look for Christ in every moment that you're reading the Bible. I want you to look for Christ. Now, we did a, a small group, of, what, a year and a half ago or so, where we read the Revelation, except we read it differently, Right? We didn't read, when we did it at your house, I was over there. We, we, didn't, we, we, we didn't look for bulls and, and dragons and stuff like that. We read the Revelation, except we looked for Jesus the whole time. And I don't know about you, but it changed my, even as the pastor, it changed my entire perspective of that book, as we kept our eyes focused, as we did last year, on Christ alone. And I encourage you to read this word, but to keep your eyes focused on Christ. But I do cheat at the page flipping because I aim for the back because I'm looking for stuff about Jesus. One day, before I knew where to look for things in the Bible, I was at my house. And it was that same old house that would eventually burn down around my mind and my wife's ears. And I was there and I was feeling alone. And I was feeling sick and wounded and broken. And no one was there but me, and, and I felt like just abandoned in my life by God and by everyone else, and I needed help. I needed help, but I was too ashamed to go to my family, and 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 I knew that, that Angela was feeling the same way probably because of me, and so it was hard for us to, you know, come together. And I, 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 I reached out to a couple of friends, but I couldn't bring myself to kind of tell them what was going on, so I was just like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, bye. And... You know, I, I was in such bad shape, I thought about going and turning myself in somewhere. Just like being like, hey, you know, I, I need help at like a, a, I don't know, some kind of a place where they take crazy people that need help or, you know, so like maybe a hospital or the police or just anybody. I just needed help. And, and I was just broken in my spirit and in my mind and my physical body. And I just didn't know what to do. And, and I was just desperate. And, and so I looked over. Just randomly and I saw this Bible just laying there on the bookshelf and uh, picked it up and did the thing, right? It's like I, I have no idea. I I know that I I know there's healing in here. You know what I'm saying? Like I know there's help for me in here, but I had no idea where to find it. And 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 no clue even where to look for it, but I but I knew that it was in here because something in me was drawn to it. You understand what I'm saying? Something in me, even though it wasn't my, my mind, because I had no idea where to look, I, I, something in me was drawn to it because I knew that there was help. I knew there was healing available to me in here. And so I just did the thing. I was just like, and I came up with this. Save my life. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word today? It's in the book of Luke in chapter 17. Yeah, I was aiming for the back then, even when I didn't even know to aim for the back. And the Bible says this On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, They were cleansed. Then one of them, how many? One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. And then then said Jesus, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way your faith has made you your faith has made you god make us well today god i pray that by your spirit that we are made well today in the ways that we know we need to be made well and in the ways that we have no idea that we need to be made well god we invite your spirit into our lives today We invite your spirit into our physical bodies. We invite your spirit into our marriages and our our parenting and our church, God. And Lord, we pray that your healing will flow through here like the river of life that it is, bringing love and peace and glory and resurrection power to every person that it touches. God, make us well. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Let's give him a shout of praise, and you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Lepers were especially despised during this time. You see, church social distancing is not a new thing, it's not a new thing. Back in the day, the lepers, and what they mean by leprosy is, is, is the disease that we call leprosy, but also really any skin condition that somebody had that was visible, like a rash or a breakout or any kind of lesion that somebody had on their skin. And, and what happens is, is when they were pronounced by the priesthood as being a leper, they were ostracized completely from the society. They, they would even have to wear a sign around their neck that told that they were a leper. And then a lot of times they would actually have to wear a belt around their neck so that people would know that they were coming and then they would have to yell when they came close to the town unclean unclean so that people would know that they could not come anywhere near them you think six feet is a long way No, these people were completely pushed out of their society so not only were they hurting because of the disease that they had the real hurt came on the inside the real hurt was the fact that they had been totally pushed out of their culture and out of their society. You see, their hurt distanced them. Their hurt pushed them away from their, their jobs and their families and their wives and their children, their society, their, their, their temple, their synagogue, everything that was important to them in their life had just been taken away from them because of this disease that they had. Their hurt distanced them from everything that was important to them, everything that meant something to them in their life. And how often does that happen to us? You know, it's, it's, it's not just the, the symptoms that we have of, you know, our addiction, our sin, our temptation, or, or our physical sickness. Oftentimes what really hurts is the fact that those things separate us from what's really important to us in our lives. I mean, you know, drug addiction wreaks havoc on somebody's body, but what does it do to your relationships? I mean, it wreaks havoc on your mental state, but what does it do to your relationship with your children, with your spouse, with God? You know, the, the other things that we go through in our life, like, like you know, greed that we have, it, it you know, wreaks havoc on your, on your emotions, but look what it does to the relationships that you have, look what it has, look what it does to the time that you would have had available to do some of the other things that you need to do in your life. A lot of times the hurt that we see is just the surface of what's really going on in the person's life. You see, for these lepers, their hurt had distanced them. And, and at this time, there was no antibiotics to take, no neosporin to rub on. And, and so it seemed like that there was no cure, that there was nothing, no help to be had for them. And yet their hope drew them. First, it drew them together, didn't it? You know, that old saying goes that misery loves company, Right? You know, there wasn't one leper that was by themselves. There was how many? Yeah. I don't know about you, but when I was in my sin and brokenness, I used to congregate with some people that were, you know, kind of my like mentality. I see one right now. That we used to gather up together <laughs> and be big sinners together. You know, I see two right now because we would, <laughs> we would come together. We would come together. Hey, we're right now in the presence of the Lord. Somebody say amen and hear in here praising his name and worshiping him in spirit and in truth. But we would draw together and congregate together. You know why? Because there's some hope that you might find some kind of peace. That you might find some kind of community. That you might find some kind of twisted healing if you come together. It's true. It's true that you might find some kind of twisted healing if you come together. But their hope didn't just draw them together. Their hope, more importantly, drew them to Jesus. Ten of them. They heard that he was coming to town. And so they met him right before he got there. Now they stayed from a distance. They kept their respect because they didn't want to go close to the teacher. So they stayed at a distance and they just hollered at him. Master, Jesus, have mercy on us. You see, their hope drew them. Because they had heard that he was a healer. They had heard that he brought sight to the blind. They had heard that he made the deaf to hear and the mute to speak again. They had heard that he caused the crippled to be able to take up their mat and walk. They had heard that he brought the dead to life. They had heard that he provided all this grace and all this healing and didn't ask a thing for it. They had heard that he was different. They had heard that this man that claimed to be something more than a man might even... might even, God forbid, the law forbid, might even touch them. They'd heard that he might come near them. They had heard that this man of God might step across the boundaries that their society had enacted and actually get close to them. But they yelled for him. Master, Jesus, have mercy. Have mercy. Don't hold us accountable to the law. Don't judge us according to the culture. Don't hold us to some level that we can never attain. But Master, have mercy on us. And we know... Without a shadow of a doubt that this man who is also God came to earth filled with truth and grace. Grace. So listen, their hurt had distanced them, but their hope drew them. Their hurt distanced them, but their hope drew them. And he heard them. And without any hesitation... Without any questions, without any rituals, without any complicated tenets or treatises, he just spoke. Go and show yourself to the priest. Go and show yourself to the priest. That's all he said. Go and show. Go and show yourself to the priest. It's a command It's a command. But inside that command is a promise. Man, I love Jesus. I love Jesus, man, because everything he does is on purpose. Can you say amen? Amen. Nothing is by accident. Nothing is a mistake. There's no frivolousness. There's no fluff in what he says. Go and show yourself to the priest. He gives them a command. And in that obedience, they will find their cleansing. You see what I'm saying? Because I guarantee you, When they get to the priest, there won't be a scab, there won't be a blemish, there won't be a rash, there won't be nothing on them except a testimony of the healing power of the living God. Can you say amen? Yeah, give him praise for that because he deserves it. When they go and show themselves to the priest, all that's going to be there is the evidence, the evidence of the healing power of the living God. Go and show. But when you show, you're not going to show them your disease. (laughs) They're playing Pastor Paul bingo, the kids are, and they've already got it filled out pretty good. I think I'm pretty uh, predictable in the things that I'm going to say a lot of times. Yes, you are awesome. (laughs) Let's give her a hand, can we? I think she's got her bingo thing all filled out. (laughs) Ah. When they go and they show themselves to the priest, what they're showing him is the evidence that they have been in the presence of God. And that promise that he's given them is wrapped up in the command. And in that command, they're going to find their cleansing. Obedience cleansed them. Now, some of your translations will say that that, that, that when they were on their way, they were healed. And some of it will say when they're on their way, they were cleansed. Uh, the word that's used there in the Greek is katharizo. Is it's katharizo. It's where we get the word cathartic, right? Which means to be purged of. Like when we go and talk to a counselor or a therapist, it's cathartic because we get to pour out some of that stuff. It really means to find relief, right? To find relief. And they were purged of their leprosy and their obedience. They were purged of, of, of this skin disease that they had because of their obedience. They were, they were purged of it. They found relief. But that word is not the word that we spoke over the church this year. It, it wasn't kartharzo. In the Greek, it's sozo. See, it's a much different word. See, they didn't find real healing in their obedience They didn't find real healing. You see, their hurt distanced them, their hope drew them, and their obedience cleansed them. You know what your obedience will cleanse you to? Our obedience will cleanse us. Our obedience to the the power of the living God will sanctify us, will will forge us and mold us and shape us into something that we thought that we could never be. But it it won't save us. It won't save us. It won't save us. But man these guys they 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 received their cleansing they received their carthazo from from Jesus and they got up and they went to go and show themselves to the priest and then they went back to their normal lives they went back to work they went back to their family they went back to their wives They went back to the marketplace. They went back to their cities. They went back to doing whatever it was that they had been doing doing before they were stricken with this terrible disease. And that's the end of the story, right? End of the story. How many times has that been the end of your story? How many times has that been the end of my story? Oh, Jesus. And I've done it right here since Jr. and them built this this stage. I've done it. And this is my spot right here. This is where I like to go in this corner. Yeah. Sometimes people get in my spot. That's okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But no, man, I've been right here and been like, Lord, like I need this healing. I need this help, God. I need this help. And then He provides it. And you know where I go? Back to work, back home. Back to wherever it was that I was before when that problem in my life was hindering me. How many times have we done it? Oh God, I need you to heal my marriage. Go back to my marriage when he does. Oh God, I need you to heal my relationship with my my child. Where do we go? Back into the relationship with our child. Oh God, I need you to fix this thing at work. Where do we go? Work. God, I need you to help me with my finances. Where do we go to spend it? God, I need you to help me do whatever. I need you to help fix my leg. Oh, where do we go? To do a Mike Beckley happy dance? I mean, I don't know. We go right back to where we were before. And that's what these men did. They received their healing. They received their cleansing, their purging, their relief. They got their relief from Jesus. And then they went right back to where they came from. All but... One. And that's what makes this story powerful. Because there was one. Guys, if you don't hear anything that I'm saying today, hear this. Be the one. Be the one. Be the one that came back. Be the one that came back. Be the one that didn't just immediately go back into whatever you were going to go back into. Be the one. And this is why. Because his hurt distanced him. His hope drew him. His obedience cleansed him. But only his faith could heal him. Can you say amen? Only his faith could heal him. And when I say heal, I mean save. And when I say save, I mean resurrect and reconcile and redeem. I mean a kind of healing that takes place not on the outside... But a kind of healing that takes place on the inside. Because you see, that man was not just cured of his skin disease. That man was cured of his sin disease. One came back. One came back. Turned around and came and threw. And, and, and before he even got there, it says with a loud voice, he was praising God. With a loud voice, he was praising God before he even got back. And then it says that he fell on his face at the feet of Jesus. Now, look what happened. He don't have to cry out, master, from a distance anymore. All of a sudden, he rolls right up to him, right up to his feet. He doesn't have to cry out, Master, Jesus have mercy on me from a distance. Oh no! Because by his faith, he's allowed to come near the throne of grace. Because of his faith, he's allowed to come near the Master. Because of his faith, he has been saved and he has been called and adopted and redeemed and restored. And now he is allowed fully in the presence of the living God. Can you say amen he gets to worship close he gets to come near the bible says if you draw nigh to god guess what he'll draw nigh to you the one came back this year in 2021 i want you to be the one be the one in 2021 that's a friend of mine posted that on facebook this morning be the one in 2021 and he had no idea what i was preaching on but that's what i want us to do is to be that one even when the rest of the world is going the other way i want us to go his way even when the rest of the world is telling us to bow down and worship something else i want us to bow down and worship him before we receive before we receive our healing while we're receiving our healing and wait church this one's important After after you receive your healing, I want you to come back and fall on your face at his feet. And Jesus says, weren't there ten? What weren't there ten that were healed? Where are the nine? Where are the nine? Wait, church, don't be the nine. People watching online, don't be the nine. Don't be the nine. Be the one in 2021. Don't be the nine. Don't be the nine that are going just after the gift and not after the giver. Because I'm here to tell you that the giver is so much more of a gift than any gift could ever be. He's the one. He's the one that matters. Where are the nine? What happened to the nine? Could not anybody come back and praise God except this foreigner except this samaritan you know that, that's the equivalent of saying except for this jew in nazi germany i need you to understand how powerful of a statement this is that that that's the example of saying nobody but this black man in the jim crow era nobody but this christian in the muslim middle east nobody but this man that has been can, you know cast aside by the rest of his society no, nobody but this you know Bible-believing, you know, the Christ follower in the midst of this liberal craziness. I mean, then nobody but this one guy that, that the whole rest of the world has turned their back on. Nobody but this one guy. And yet, here he is against it all, against everything, against every pressure that is coming against him. Here he is at my feet. And then... Jesus says this to him, get up and go on your way, for your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well, not on the outside, but on the inside. Not of your leprous skin disease, but of your deadly sin disease. See, you haven't been catharzo. No, you've been sozoed. You've been sozoed, baby. You've been made whole. Some of your Bibles will say made whole. Sometimes it says saved. Sometimes it says brought to life. You have been made well all the way through. Church, we can be made well. We can be made well. But it's not going to happen with a vaccine. And it's not going to happen with an antibiotic. And it's not going to happen with Neosporin rubbed on your wounds. There's only one place that we can truly be made well. And that's at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ. Nothing else will do. I like what that song says that we just sang, man, nothing else will do. Nothing else will heal you. Nothing else will save you. Nothing else will bring you to life except the sacrifice that was made on Calvary's hill when the Lamb of God carried your sin and mine to the top of it and gave his life so we could live. Can you say amen and give Jesus Christ a shout of praise at the Way Church because that's who he is. Is his hurt distanced him? Oh, no, wait. Our hurt distanced us, but our hope drew us. Yeah, it drew us together, but more importantly, it has drawn us to him. And our obedience will cleanse us. We can be made better by following the tenets laid out in the Word of God. But way, church, only our faith can heal us. Only our faith can heal us. Only our faith. How many times does he say your faith has made you whole? Your faith has healed you. Your faith has delivered you. Only our faith can heal us. For it is by grace, through faith, that we have been saved so that no man could boast. For it is not by your works, but the gift of God. You know, You know, as we started this new year and we spoke the word healing, some people probably thought that I was going to talk about the manifestation of the healing gifts. Some people probably thought I was going to talk about the you know, the, the claiming authority over the sicknesses of the body and all those kind of things, and we'll get there. We'll get there. But we can't go there Until we get this. Because without this, none of the rest of that stuff matters. You understand? If Jesus Christ didn't rise from the dead, if the Holy Spirit didn't come, then none of the rest of it matters. The bottom line is this by his stripes, we've been healed. By his death, we've been saved by his resurrection, we've been empowered. If we don't get that, then nothing else matters because our healing is found at the nail scarred feet of Jesus Christ. That's where it's found, nowhere else. You know, that day sitting by myself in my bedroom, flipping pages in the Bible, Helps me that day Maybe this word That I'm preaching Helped somebody today But do you know why That opening up the Bible To a random page Helped me that day Because it was about Jesus Do you know why This word that I'm preaching Here today may help somebody Because I'm preaching About Jesus If you need help It's found in Jesus if you need healing, it's found in Jesus. Man, if you're sick in your body today, man, your, your healing is found in Jesus. If you're sick in your, your mind today, your healing is found in Jesus. If you're sick or wounded or broken in your spirit today, then everything that you need is found in our Savior. Everything that you need is found in the Son of the living God in Jesus Christ. And if you're still dead in your sins, listen to me real close. If you've never been saved, if you've never truly cried out to God unto salvation, then the only thing that you need in your life is Jesus. You need him more than the water we drink, more than the food that we eat. You need him more than the air that we breathe. And if you don't know him, if you've never surrendered your life to him, like this man, this Samaritan man did after he was cured, man, if you've never fallen at his feet and praised him, if you've never been saved, then there's nothing else on earth that you need more. He's the only thing you need because that's what real healing is. you understand? That's what real healing is. The rest of the things that happen in our life are just a symptom of that healing. The the, the physical, you know, burdens that get lifted off of us is just a symptom of our spirit being healed on the inside. The the freedom that we find from guilt and and shame and oppression is is just a symptom of that salvation, that so-so healing that we find on the inside in Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't tell that guy that he was made well. When his disease was healed, he told him he was made well. When he fell on his face at the foot of our Savior, in Way Church, everybody here, everybody watching online, that is where you will be made well today. At his feet. At his feet in his essence, in surrender be the one be the one be the one that was made well not on the outside but on the inside not in the body but in the spirit. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you might not be stricken with a skin disease, but if you're drawing breath and when you were born, you were stricken with a sin disease. And the symptoms of that sin, the outcome of that sin is death, no matter how you slice it. But not just death at the end. It's death in this world too. Man, if you're infected with sin, then everything in your life is just death. But the gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God is healing. Not just on the outside, but on the inside. And not an eternal life that starts after we pass on, but an eternal life that starts right here, right now an eternal life that started for that Samaritan as he fell at the feet of Jesus an eternal life that started for me as I surrendered my life to Christ standing on a hill out in the woods one day an eternal life that started for Kyle in a jail cell an eternal life that started for so many people right here in this place eternal life that begins now now not after we get it figured out now healing that happens now deliverance that happens now redemption that happens now because he showed his great love for us and while we were still sinners he died for us while we were still sick in our sin he died for us so that all that call on the name of the Lord could be so so could be saved could be healed could be made whole made well and brought to life and all we have to do is to believe and surrender To believe that he's the son of God that came to take away the the world. To believe that he lived and died and rose again. To believe that maybe, just maybe, he's different than the rest of the world. To believe that he'll really do what he said he came to do. To believe that in him we can find everything that we need then to surrender our lives to him, to confess with our mouth and our whole life that he is the Lord of our life. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, man, I need that kind of healing. Not on the outside, but on the inside. Maybe you're walking around and you look just fine on the outside. Maybe you've sprayed on enough perfume and to cover up that kind of stench of decay. Maybe you dressed nice enough so you could kind of hide that dying part on the inside. But maybe today you want to be able to stop doing that. Maybe today you'd like to be free of that bell that keeps you away from the Lord and His people. Maybe today you'd like to be free of that sign that says, I'm an outcast, I'm a leper, I don't belong. Maybe today you'd like to be able to go to the world and show them what God has done for you. If that's the case, I invite you today to be healed on the inside. By falling at the feet of Jesus. And we do that by our faith. By crying out to Him in real faith, believing that we'll be saved.